Thank you for listening to the teaching podcast of Muncie First Church. If you would like to know more about us, go to MuncieFirstChurch.com. Or if you would like to support a ministry, go to the giving page, MuncieFirstChurch.com slash give. Well, let's jump into the teaching from this last week. If you have your Bibles, uh, take them and turn to Romans chapter 5, verses 1 through 12 and verse 15 also. I'm going to read those in just a moment. How many of you like the movie Home Alone? Anybody remember Home Alone? Yeah, it's a fun movie, isn't it? Christmas movie. And uh, there's a scene in there particularly that I, I think is really awesome. Uh, it's, it's the scene where Kevin, who has been left home alone, goes to church. You remember that? He goes to church. He walks in and he sits down and there's a choir practicing in there and he sits down in the church and he's sitting there and he looks over and when he looks over there is old man Marley, the guy he's afraid of sitting over there. Remember, he's got this thing going on where in his mind, old man Marley is a he, he's this evil person, and he's scared to death of him. And uh, so that's what the scene is. And so he sits there, and after a while, old man Marley comes over and sits down next to him, and, and they strike up a conversation. And in that conversation, he asks Kevin why he's in church, and Kevin's talking about how he has done things and hasn't been that good this year and different things. And then finally, uh, Kevin asks him, he said, why are you in church? And he said, well, see the little red-headed girl up there? And he points to her and said, yeah, he, she, he says, that's my granddaughter. And I have to come here to see her. And Kevin asks him why, and he says, because her father and I have had a falling out, and we're not, we don't talk to each other, and we don't see each other. And they go back and forth in their conversation. And finally, Kevin talks to him, and he asks him a question. He said, well, he said, why don't you call him? And old man Marley says, because I'm afraid. And uh, Kevin says, well, if you call him, at least you'll know. And that's kind of where the conversation ends, and they go their separate ways. And then a little bit later on, there's a picture of Kevin. He's looking out the window, and as he looks out the window, old man Marley's there, and he's holding his granddaughter. She's in his arms. She's running to him and jumps up in his arms, and he's holding her. And the family's all there. They're coming into the house, and he looks over at Kevin, and, and he waves. And I love that scene. I love that part of the show because it tells a great story. It's a story of pain. It's a story of separation. It's a story of the death of a relationship, something that has completely severed and broken off. But then someone reaches out, and pride is set aside, and they don't worry about who is right and wrong or who started it. And fear is overcome. Man, fear is such a huge part of our lives. And it stops us from doing so many things. And fear is overcome. And a phone call is made and someone takes a risk. And now that which is broken has been restored. And there's reconciliation. And I love that word, reconciliation. And I'll get back to that in just a moment. Let me read the scriptures for you. And uh, starting in verse 1, it says this, Therefore... Since we have been justified through faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ, through whom we have gained access by faith into this grace in which we now stand. And we rejoice in the hope of the glory of God. Not only so, but we also rejoice in our sufferings because we know that suffering produces perseverance. Perseverance produces character and character hope. And hope does not disappoint us because God has poured out his love into our hearts 
by the Holy Spirit whom he has given to us. You see, at just the right time when we were still powerless, God died for the ungodly. Very rarely will anyone die for a righteous man, though for a good man someone might possibly dare to die. But God demonstrates his own love for us in this. While we were still sinners, Christ died for us. And since we have now been justified by his blood, how much more will we be saved from God's wrath through him? For if when we were God's enemies, we were reconciled to him through the death of his son, how much more, having been reconciled, shall we be saved through his life? Not only is this so, but we also rejoice in God through our Lord Jesus Christ, through whom we have now received reconciliation. Therefore, just as sin entered the world through one man and death through sin, and in this way death came to all men because all sin, and then skip to verse 15. But the gift is not like the trespass, for if many died by the trespasses of the one man, how much more did God's grace and gift that came by the grace of the one man, Jesus Christ, overflow to the many? And we saw that acted out up here that's what that whole skit was about how christ came and restores and reconciles relationships back to him back to himself it's the story of christmas and i love that it's a beautiful story reconciliation father right now i pray that you would speak to our hearts and guide us in these next couple of moments to understand everything that you have for us lord uh we don't want you to um just uh, let us sit here and say, well, that was a nice sermon, Lord. We want you to change our hearts. And I'm praying, Lord, for you to break through barriers and knock down walls and take away fear and bring about reconciliation, first of all, between us, between you and me, Lord, and then between others. We love you, Lord, and we're just counting on that right now. Amen. Amen. I do. I love the word reconciliation. It's a great word because its meaning is so powerful. Oftentimes in a broken relationship, we forgive a person. And you, maybe you can relate to this. We forgive a person, but we forgive and we move on. We just no longer participate in the relationship. I don't hold anything against you. I'm just not going to hang out with you anymore. Anybody ever been in something like that before? Where you go, man, you know, we used to be good friends, but, you know, something happened. I mean, it's not like we're mad at each other anymore. It's just we're not talking anymore. We're not hanging out anymore. We're not participating in the relationship. I forgave them, but I'm not participating. I think that's where a lot of Christians are today with God. He has forgiven us of sin. Praise the Lord for that. But we're not really participating in an ongoing relationship with Him. We're not really connecting. We're not really spending time with Him. We're not in an ongoing relationship with Him. We're justified by the blood of Jesus on the cross, and all of our sins are washed away, but we fail to enter into a real community, into a real relationship with Jesus. And reconciliation is the word we use for restoring relationships back to what it was. I'm not only forgiven, but I'm restored to my place of friend and son of God. That's what I want to talk about today. That's the story of Christmas. Jesus didn't come just to forgive us of our sins. You need to understand that. A lot of people say, what is Christmas about? Well, Jesus came, he died on a cross so I could be saved and I can go to heaven. And that's true, but that's not the whole truth. That's a little bit of the truth. God came to reconcile. He came to bring us back into relationship, to place a friend, to make us sons and daughters. That's the story. It's the story of God restoring a right relationship between us and himself. 
I know we all love the story of Christmas. We can't wait till it gets here. We love the, the pictures of it, the props, the trappings, stars and angels singing and shepherds watching their flock by night and sheep and, and donkeys and mangers and hay and a young virgin mother and father and a silent night. And it all seems peaceful and it all seems so serene. In the Bible, as we read the story, it all seems clean and easy. We've read it so many times, it's been desensitized in our minds and in our hearts as God reaches out to connect and to reconcile the world. But the reality is, is that that story is anything but a peaceful story. It's not peaceful at all, and it's not clean, and it's not serene. The reality is it's a culminating battle. The picture of Christmas that we know, the story of Christmas that we'll read sometime along the way here during this Advent season is a culminating battle. It's a place where a battle comes to a conclusion. It's a battle in a war that was begun thousands and thousands of years ago when Satan invaded earth. Now some of you are sitting there going, are you kidding me? And I'm saying, no, I'm not kidding you. I believe this with all my heart. Satan came to earth in an attempt to destroy God's pride and joy. He came to destroy this world, and he came to destroy you and me. Because we are, by the way, God's pride and joy. Aren't you thrilled about that? I am. I really mean that. His creation, this world, is important to him. And Satan knew it, and so he came to get God. He had rebelled against God. He had been kicked out of heaven, and so he came after God's creation. It's the only thing he could do. And Satan and his demonic forces met with Eve in the garden around a tree that God had designated the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. And God commanded, do not eat of that tree. If you do, you'll die. And Satan and his demons, they laughed. They scoffed at Eve as they said, that is just so ridiculous. The absurdity of a tree holding that kind of power. And so they tempted Eve to eat of the tree, of the fruit of that tree. And so finally she gave in and she did with the idea of being as powerful and all-knowing as all-powerful God. She also took the fruit and gave it to Adam, and he too ate, and together they sinned, and death separated them. It broke off that relationship between them and God. Their reality was changed. They were separated. That relationship that man had enjoyed with his Creator was broken off, and the Bible said it was broken off forever. It was a total destruction. There was nothing they could do about it. There was no way for mankind to work their way back. We could go and say, I'm sorry, I didn't mean it. And it was too late. The relationship was destroyed. We, the human race, were lost and damned for eternity. But the Creator God saw that His masterpiece was damaged and destroyed. And He had to make a choice. See, God had a couple of choices as I see it. One is He could have wiped it clean. He could have said, that didn't work and I'm going to start over and we'll have creation 2.0. Kind of like when, you know, Microsoft did Vista. You know, we could start over. That didn't work. He could rescue the world. And he could love the people he had created to, to be like him. And God chose to rescue. That's his whole purpose in sending Jesus. He chose to rescue us. He chose to fight for what was rightfully his. And so on that day, the very first day of mankind's sin, get this straight, in the very first moment of mankind's sin, the very day that Adam and Eve chose to be disobedient to God, the battle, the war for our souls, for our eternity began. And it was a war. Make no mistake about it. And it was a battle. Make no mistake about it. It was the battle to bring back into relationship, bring us back into relationship with our loving 
creator. And we're given glimpses of that battle and that war throughout the Old Testament. Sin won and mankind becomes more and more evil and God breaks through with a man named Noah. You've heard that story before. And he goes to Noah and Noah was a righteous man and his sons. And so he says, take your sons and take two of each kind, build an ark. I'm going to destroy the world. And he did and it flooded and, and the world was destroyed except for them. Sin died with it, it looked like, because Noah was a righteous man, and sin drowned in the flood. Now, I don't know if you've read this recently, but recently there was this thing that just came out and said that there's definitive proof that all of us descend from two different people, that, that there's an Adam and Eve kind of thing, or a Noah and his wife kind of thing, that all of us come from two people now. I think that's kind of interesting. I, I'm not telling you that there's a timeline that goes with that because I don't know what the timeline is. I'm not worried about 24 hours and seven days. I'm just telling you that God did this. He wiped the earth. He got it cleaned up. He thought, okay, took care of sin. But the problem is, is that man is sinful in nature. Did you know that? We're not just doing some wrong things. There's a nature inside of us that desires to do what's wrong now we have a sinful nature and so when Noah and his sons who were righteous they were repopulating the earth and the sinful nature reappeared and guess what evil won again and began to destroy this world and again God broke through and he met with a man named Abram or Abraham as we know him now and Abram believed in his faith and his faith the Bible says made him righteous or holy he became a man of God because he believed in God and God used the seed of Abram or Abraham to create a people who were not a people before. And they were to be a people, God said, who would bring victory or bring blessing to man over sin. And the whole of the Old Testament is the story of this spiritual warfare. It's a picture of the battles and the struggles for the very soul of mankind. It's a picture of the ebbs and the flows as God wrestles for control of this world with Satan. And I love the way Paul writes it because in Romans chapter 5 that I just read to you, he says this. He said, and then, just at the right time. And then, just at the right time. When it seemed as if God had disappeared from the scene. At the end of 400 years of quiet, where the prophets no longer spoke. Where it seemed as though maybe God had given up and left. And Satan had finally won it all. God sent a warrior angel named Gabriel to a young girl named Mary. And he told her, you're going to have a baby, and his name will be Jesus, and he'll be the Savior of the world. He chose a young teenage peasant girl named Mary, one so unassuming, so underqualified, that no one would ever believe her or notice her. No one was ever going to say, well, she did that on her own, you know, that was kind of her own thing. This was totally not even possible, and God broke through. And Jesus Christ was born. And God poured out his pure love to us. I love this thought. God didn't hold back. He didn't say, well, I got to have a reserve. How many of us, you know, will say, well, that's all I got. But in reality, there's 10 more dollars in our pocket, you know? Uh, you know, we, we, we do that. You know, you're negotiating for, your, you know, to buy your motorcycle. You know, you, well, I got $3,000. Well, you got another one tucked away. But, you know, this is what I got. You know, you're kind of hanging on to your reserve. Well, God didn't do that. Bible is very clear on this. He bankrupted heaven that day. He took every bit of the treasure there was. He took everything that was heaven, everything that made heaven heaven itself, and he gave it to us. He poured it into Jesus Christ and sent him to earth. 
to rescue you and to rescue me. Gave all he had. God, the one who had done no wrong, broke through. You know what? A lot of us are sitting there going, well, you know, I I got a problem with them, but I'm telling you, they caused it. And if they'll ever come and apologize, well, then I'll be okay and we'll make this work. But I'm not going to do anything until they apologize. God could have said that because we're the ones who sin, not God. And we're the ones who caused the problem, not God. But God bankrupt heaven and sent his son Jesus to us. And that's what Christmas is all about. He offered us relationship through Jesus Christ. And he offered us reconciliation. Isaiah the prophet prophesied it in Isaiah 9, 6 and 7. For to us a child is born, to us a son is given, and the government will be on his shoulders. And he'll be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father and Prince of Peace. And of the increase of his government and peace there will be no end. And he will reign on David's throne over his kingdom, establishing, upholding it with justice and righteousness from that time on and forever. And the zeal of the Lord Almighty will accomplish this. God, the offended Father who made us, has reached out to us and offered us peace and forgiveness and hope and reconciliation. And here's the good news. You and I, we don't have to fix a thing. We don't have to fix a thing. I don't have to atone for anything. I don't have to try to make things right. I don't have to say, oh, I'm sorry, even hardly. All I got to do is believe and trust. You know, sometimes we make a big deal out of this confessing our sins, and we need to confess our sins. The Bible's clear on that. But, you know, really, it's about faith. It's about coming to believe that Jesus Christ is who he says he is. It's coming to believe that God actually did this for you. We don't have to make peace with God. He's already made peace. All we have to do is choose to live in the peace that God has provided for us. So here's the deal. We begin this Advent season today. And by the way, the pink wall represents the first candle in the Advent wreath. We're going to do it that way this year. So let me ask you something right now. And this is important. You've heard everything I've said, and all that's important stuff, but it doesn't have any meaning at all unless it applies to your life. Okay? So let me ask you a question right now. Where are you at in your relationship with Jesus? And I don't mean that just for the young people here or somebody that's new here. I'm asking you older folks, those of you who've been around a long time, where are you at with your relationship with Jesus? Have you accepted his free gift of forgiveness? Have you come to believe in him and trust him? I mean, seriously believe in him. I'm not asking you, do you like to go to church? I'm not asking you, uh, you know, have you said a sinner's prayer sometime? I'm asking you a serious question here of, have you accepted his free gift of forgiveness? Have you really come to believe that? Have you confessed your sins? Have you repented? Repentance means turning away from your sin. Have you left your sin behind you? Have you set it beside and behind and moved on to live out life with him for him? Do you know right now that if you died, you're going to heaven? And there's a second question that I want to ask you. Let me ask you this. Have you moved on to seek and know that you've been reconciled, that the relationship has been fully restored? And I think this really will apply to about everybody here. Are you living, let me ask you this, are you living in daily fellowship with the Holy Spirit? I'm not asking you if you said the sinner's prayer. I'm not asking you if you've ever made a trip to the altar. I'm asking you if day to day when you get up, 
Are you fellowshipping with the Holy Spirit? Is the Holy Spirit speaking to your heart? Are you responding to that? Are you hearing Him? Are you saying yes to Him? Is there an ongoing relationship going on between you and the Holy Spirit? You know, the only way you have relationship with God is through the Holy Spirit who lives in you. He came to live in you. You are His temple. He indwells you. And He wants a relationship with you. And if you're not experiencing that, then you're not experiencing what I'm talking about. You're not experiencing full reconciliation. There's a difference between saying, yeah, I've been forgiven and experiencing the fullness of his Holy Spirit living in us. And in that fellowship, we meet and talk back and forth. Are you living in a daily fellowship with the Holy Spirit? And are you experiencing real intimacy with Christ through his spirit living in you? Is the relationship that you have with God new and fresh? I'm not asking you, did you fellowship with the Spirit a year ago? Or did you fellowship with the Spirit 10 years ago? That's all good. There's nothing wrong with that. But that's not enough. There's got to be a fresh indwelling of the Holy Spirit daily as we experience Him and live in that relationship. And this isn't just an idea you heard about. It's the real thing. This is what Christ desires with you. This is what he came to earth for. This is what Christmas is all about. Intimacy, which can only come through reconciliation. Not just forgiveness, but a total restoration of who Christ made you to be through his death and resurrection. And through the sending of his Holy Spirit to live and breathe in you and through you. You know... Here's the deal. If you don't know you're saved today, if you haven't experienced that relationship with Jesus, you can know it right now. It's simply this. Yes, Lord, I believe, I trust. I know I'm a sinner, I confess. I ask you to forgive me. And I'm going to believe. And you're forgiven. And that's wonderful. But here's the best part of it. If you are saved, and you're not experiencing intimacy. If you know you're saved with and forgiven, but you aren't experiencing intimacy with Christ, you can experience that today as well. You know, God didn't come to earth just to say, well, look, earth, I'm going to forgive you, but I'm walking away. You know, you're not going to have to die. I'll even put you in a place of paradise somewhere where you can go fishing and play golf or whatever like some people act like it's going to be that's not what he did he said i'm coming to earth i'm forgiving you i'm restoring the relationship we're going to get back together if you're not experiencing that you can today don't let fear stop you some people are sitting there going well i don't know what that'll look like oh my goodness what would can I tell you something? I don't know what it's going to look like for you either. No one will know. We can't tell you. Only this, that God is good. And his love for you knows no bounds. And love casts out fear. You run to the one who loves you. You say yes right now. Let's stand together. We're going to just have a few moments and I don't know if there's anyone here that just say, you know, I need to respond to that. Just invite you to bow your heads, close your eyes right now. I don't know if there's anyone that would respond to that. Maybe there's somebody here today and just say, Pastor, I, I really need to ask God to forgive me. I'm a little bit nervous about all this. And I invite you to come and to kneel at the altar. We're going to sing and there's going to be some music playing. And it's going to be nice. But 
I'd love to pray with anybody that would say, you know, I, I haven't experienced a relationship with Christ. I've not been forgiven. But I also want to offer, there may be some of you right now that are saying, you know, I've never really experienced what you're talking about. I've never experienced that friendship with God. I've never experienced that relationship where I feel his presence daily, where I walk in fellowship with him, where I hold his hand, where I know that I know, where I sit in fellowship with him as friends of God. This morning you can know his reconciliation, his forgiveness. And I invite you to do that today. If there's anybody at all as Nathan leads us this morning that would like to pray, I'd love to pray with you. Just come up here and meet me. I'm going to just come down here in front and hang out today. If anybody wants to pray with me, I'll be here. I'll pray with you this morning. I just believe God is wanting to has spoken to some hearts and is really wanting to meet some people and really wanting to build that relationship and really wanting to enter into that friendship with them. With them. So come. I'm going to pray a prayer and, and then Nathan's going to sing and I invite you to come. Father, right now I just thank you for this day. Thank you, Lord, for your love and for your presence. Lord, I, I don't know if what I said made any sense to people at all. But Lord, I know that you speak to hearts. So right now, Lord, if there's anyone that's wrestling with this, if they feel it in their heart, your tug, your pull to come and to kneel, to come and to pray, Lord, would they say yes to you? Would they respond to the love of Jesus that is speaking into their hearts? You came. You bankrupted heaven for us. Lord, you gave us the greatest gift that we could get, friendship with you. So Lord, help us right now. Help us right now to come. Surrender our pride, put our dignity down, take off all the garments of the world that are holding us back and just come and say, Lord, help me. Lord, I know just like in that skit, there are things pushing and holding and trying to shove us back. But Lord, you have already defeated Satan and all of his schemes. All we have to do is trust you right now. Holy Spirit, have your way this morning. In Jesus' name, my friend. Amen. I'm just going to stand up here and Anybody wants to pray, please come on up and we'll pray. Nathan's going to lead us in worship, praise. Father, we just want to thank you for being here. It's a beautiful day. And Lord, we're not, uh, we're not done. If anybody else still needs to speak to God and wants to pray, the altars are open. So thank you for being here. We praise you for uh, God, for all the good things that you've done. We thank you for just working in our lives. Lord, I ask right now that as we leave this place, that your spirit would go with us. Lord, that the things, the, the issues that have been settled here this morning would, would uh, not just be something that was a one-time thing here, Lord, but it'd be a lifetime of friendship with you. Lord, I think there's still others who are struggling with this. Lord, I pray that you would leave with them and cause the struggle to continue. Don't take the pressure off. Lord, help them to come to know you, to love you. That's my prayer for all of us here. In Jesus' name I pray. Thank you again for being here. Lord bless you. And have a great, great week and days ahead. And, and uh, just if you want to stay and pray, you're welcome to. We're not done. Anybody that wants to pray, feel free.